Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Mindset with Phil Mansfield. My name is Scott Schweitzer. His name is Phil Mansfield. How are you doing today, Phil? Very, very well, Scott. Good to be back. Yeah. So we have an exciting journey to take over the next few weeks. Uh, we are actually, the next few episodes will tie into each other. So this week, we're going to start off with self-talk. Uh, tell us about self-talk, Phil. It's the uh, it's the, the little voice in the head, isn't it? Um, yeah. We have that. Uh, I think it's very difficult for scientists to to quantify, but we we roughly communicate with ourselves a thousand words every ten minutes. So your biggest your biggest communicator um, or the biggest influence on yourself is yourself the person you listen to the most in your life and the person who has the most influence over yourself is yourself. Um, so having a good... That can be good and bad. It can be very good. It can be very bad. That's absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> and so um, how you are communicating with yourself is essentially the, 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 mo the, the most important thing you'll ever do. Um, and it's a, it's a cliched saying, but we'll very often say, you know, um, be careful how you talk to yourself because you're listening and, uh, you are very much listening to, to your stimuli around you and how that stimuli around you and the environment you create for yourself and the environment you, you build for yourself, then as a sort of positive or negative loop, that environment you create for yourself enhances or, degrades your self-talk and then that self-talk becomes your reality which then creates your environment and then your environment then influences how you talk to yourself and so it goes around and around in in, in either direction unfortunately or fortunately yeah i know you know i'm on a couple journeys of my own uh, a weight loss journey as well as a fitness journey and my self-talk i mean i talk to myself a lot um, i find that when my self-talk is positive I am much more successful. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, I know you're, I'm not supposed to be me talking. But I'm going to ask you a question if that's okay. How, how do you notice the difference there? Do you have any sort of practical examples of a day where you've spoken really wonderfully to yourself versus a day where you're being a little bit harder on yourself and the outcome and how it spirals in one direction or another? So from a weight loss thing, it's, it's, I think it's an easy example. Um, you know, I'm overweight and I tell, if I tell myself you're fat, you're overweight, how did you get to this point? How did you let this happen? Um, that's the negative talk that takes me down a very bad road. And usually then I do things to, uh, to, uh, sabotage myself, um, when I'm talking that way. Right. Yeah. Um, if I'm saying, man, you're putting in the work, you're putting in the time, uh, you're making good decisions. Um, you are getting fitter every day. You are losing weight every day. This is a good thing. Then that ball keeps rolling like an, like an avalanche. Yeah. And how quickly do you find you can shift between the two? Is it, is it 
it can it be a daily basis? Does it go weeks at a time, months at a time? Is there quite a, a regular shift between the two? I think the key for me is to get that time down, right? When, when it's bad, um, it can be months at a time. I can have a good phase for a while and then a bad phase. Um, the quicker I can switch between the two, the better my success is. Yeah. And, and so exactly. So recognizing those triggers and, and altering the dichotomy, the sort of internal dichotomy is, is, is everything there. Um, and the best example we can, I can give people is I often call it the four-year-old and anyone who's ever worked with me will, will often, I ask you to give your four-year-old a name. And that four-year-old is that little terror that's, that's inside you. There's actually some good research on, on the four-year-old Um he is or she is but i say he is because of course in me it's a it's a boy um seven times more powerful than your human conscious so if you're fighting him i'm losing every time um and i need to communicate with that four-year-old like a four-year-old so the the best example is having a four-year-old to tidy their room um or having the four-year-old to come and eat dinner at the table or having a four-year-old to not paint the walls. If you think about how you would communicate with that four-year-old and, and how you would use that, if you shout at the four-year-old, don't paint the walls, the most important thing in that four-year-old's life is to go and paint the walls. <laughs> that's going to be their, right. that's gonna be their goal, right? Um, and so instead of it's the, you know, the art, art of parenthood is distraction. There's no art. There's no. There's no such thing as a good parent. There's just good distractors, and uh, it's the same. It's the same with this sort of internal dialogue that you have. How good are we at recognizing? My kid has the paintbrushes in the hand, and they're very close to the wall. <laughs> what do I? What do I do now? Um, and my cognitive age. Let's just say I have eaten well i'm well caffeinated i've slept well i'm having a wonderful day i'm in that perfect position to say to the to the four-year-old who's about to paint the wall how about we make popcorn and watch ice age something that was a wonderful distraction um versus i come in i've got shopping in my hand i've just dropped the milk on the floor uh, i haven't had a coffee since nine o'clock this morning and my cognitive age is as down with the, with the child at 10 12 years old and i scream across the room if you paint that wall i'm going to blah 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 the reaction or the result is very different for the evening if we take the evening then as my life uh, i'm going to end up with a, a child who's crying upset mum dad shouting at me <coughs> uh, argument etc etc versus on the other parallel universe, I'm sitting on the couch eating popcorn with my child watching Ice Age. Um, and, and how we have communicated with that four-year-old is, is obvious in, in, in parenting. And every good parent does that every single day. We do both sides. But when it's ourself and it's our own sort of self-dichotomy, we, we, don't, we, we don't necessarily appreciate that we have to go through that same process. So a lot of times people use the analogy of the devil and the angel on the shoulder yeah, um, or negative self-talk and positive self-talk. Um, how often 
is that a battle for people? Like that they they hear both voices, and it they have to choose which one to listen to. Yeah, I think the first step in all of this though is being conscious over that the angel and the devil is there. I think a lot of the time we live in that subconscious uh, mindset where actually we live on autopilot. So you don't realize you ate the cake at the cafe and then you had the chips with lunch and then you had the bread with the afternoon snack until you get home in the evening and someone says to you, how's your diet been today? You know, or how was your training today? And you don't realize that you've actually on autopilot in a subconscious state. Some of us aren't making conscious decisions from the moment we wake up till the moment we go to bed. Um, we all recognize that. I mean, I'm by no means perfect. There's nights I lay in bed and think, where's the day gone? Was I conscious over any of my decision-making today? Did I draw from my, my core values or my path or the person I would like to be or the business I would like to run or the coach I would like to be? Did I, did I think about, was I present in any of those decisions today or have those decisions just rolled off one after the other in a subconscious state? And I've ended up in this position at the end of today. And you could argue that there's not a lot of self-talk. You might not be conscious of your self-talk, but you have had that self-talk during the day. And that self-talk has, hasn't been conscious self-talk. And that then is 100% reliant on the environment you're within. So if you're within an environment where everyone's eating cake, you become susceptible. It's almost like the, the mind tricks of how Darren Brown gets you to, <laughs> to do all the wonderful things. You become you become completely taken by the environment you're in because your subconscious will just follow the flock. As a coach, how important is this to understand with your athletes? And can you tell when your athletes go into negative self-talk? Yeah, you'll, um, I think you can pretty much take any athlete I've ever worked with and they'll recognize me screaming from the other side of the gym, I hope you're speaking nicely to yourself. Um, it's something I will say, I think every, every athlete I've ever coached will recognize that. And me saying, I hope you're speaking nicely to yourself is me reminding them to have self-talk. Um, and it's how you formulate the obstacles in front of you. So when you, when like going back to the example of having the child not painting on the wall, when you see an opportunity to spend time with your child versus an opportunity to discipline your child. You see two very different ones, negative ones, one's positive. And it's the same here is having, if I've done my groundwork with my athletes, it won't need much more than a trigger. Sometimes it's just a tap on the shoulder. Sometimes I'll go over and put a hand on them. And that will be enough for me to say to them, Hey, I need you to be in your conscious state. Now I need you to be present in the moment and that should be enough for them to rewire rewire their, their thought processes or that environmental process we're talking about. Um, I, think it's, I think it's very important that uh, I'll know if I'm programming certain elements, certain fear-based elements, I'm ultra aware of it within athletes. So I'll know when I'm when I'm putting them in certain positions, I'll be aware of how their negative, how their self-talk may well, may well drift. I have an interesting story about this, and and it's a it's a friend of yours. Um, last year during the Open, uh, I was doing the Open workout with burpees and deadlifts. I think yeah. it was, and uh, Sam Briggs dropped into our gym, and I 
didn't feel like I could lift the bar anymore. Like I was exhausted. And she looked at me and said, you can lift the bar and it's not going to move itself. So let's go. <laughs> and, uh, and she said that a little louder than I just did there, but, um, but it did. And I picked it up and it, and it went, and then it gave me a little bit of confidence to kind of keep moving. Okay. I can do this. That's it. That's it. And I think that's the, what Sam did there to you was told you, Hey, don't paint the wall. You know, right. don't take your paintbrushes out and paint mum and dad's wall. Come and watch Ice Age on the couch with me. It was, it was that. And that's the, if we're talking about that sort of uh, circle, we spoke about at the start between positive and negativity there, Sam is creating an environment of success for you and that success gains momentum. And then actually, initially, you might think, ah, oh, can I, Sam? But you know what? I don't dare say no to Sam. None of us really do. So so I'm going <laughs> to try. I'm going to try and lift the bar, right? And then you lift the bar and you find out, which we often do find out, is it's never as bad as our as our imagery or our self-talk allows us to think it will be. It's never that bad. It's never as heavy. It's never as bad. We we have this, this sort of um, disaster, catastrophic symptom in us that wants everything to be worse than it actually is in, the, in reality. And you lift the bar and you actually find out, actually, I can do it. And that positivity that comes from that is, the, is a great example of, cre of being in an environment and around good people who who drive you forward and and enhance that positive self-talk she did and after the workout she followed it up with encouragement and uh positivity and like just sitting on the couch eating popcorn walking watching ice age yeah you you got the rewards um and and i think you I think you can live. I mean, you're still. You can. I can feel now. You're still. Next time you go to deadlifts and burpees, that moment will will be something that sits with you. And when we talk about triggers, people often use triggers in the negative sense of the word. In that, okay, I have to. That's a trigger for me. That's going to set and send off my self talk. But here, you've got a real positive trigger. You've got something that actually triggers you into positive hormones and positive uh, feelings, which which you absolutely use as as um, what's ammunition against against any kind of of, of the self-talk it's really important well this has been awesome phil um as always i think we could go on and on with these topics because they're so interesting uh but we're going to end it here uh and then next week we're going to talk about decision making uh that kind of feeds off of this if you guys have anything that you wanted us to talk about, make sure you leave us a DM or a comment below and make sure you hit that like button, uh, subscribe to the channel and hit the notifier. So you're the first to know when new episodes come out. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Media Mindset. Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale Media for today's episode. If you liked what you hear, Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.